Thank you and welcome to the podcast, Noise Violation Podcast. Today we have a special guest. She's an internationally recognized relationship expert and best-selling author. She's written Allowing Magnificence, Older Women, Younger Men, and another one called The Breakup Triage. Can't wait to hear more about that. Um, specializing in higher thinking for an evolving world, She's a writer, a speaker, and coaches on cutting-edge partnership models as well as traditional relationship challenges from a platform that fosters self-esteem and personal empowerment. So everybody welcome Susan Winter to the podcast. Thank you, Susan, for, for Thank joining you. us. Thanks a lot. Happy to be here. Yeah. So kind of tell everyone about yourself, like what what... What do you do as a relationship expert? And um, I guess, how did you become a relationship expert? Uh, this, like where this where are you from? A, well, I'm, I grew up in, I was born in LA, grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, hmm. Went to school in Indiana University, fantastic uh, yeah. music school. I studied opera and classical theater. Oh, wow. And then came to New York after college to hmm. pursue that career. But um, I've had a long and winding road in communications. Mm -hmm. Everything from corporate communications, financial news on camera with what is now CNBC, to public speaking and, and the arena that I'm in now. But you know, I, I was interested in psychology, wanted to take that kind of a coursework, but the opera training was so intensive there. I mean, any, Listen, Indiana University, if you don't know about it, you think, oh, some little podunk school where she went and took <laughs> music, I don't know, music appreciation, but it is the, uh, the hallmark of the most intense opera training program and musical program. Our, our mm -hmm. symphony hall and our opera hall, when I came to the Met, I was like, this yeah. Is I mean, it's, it's, there are five orchestras. You've got the top people in the world. Why they put it in Indianapolis. But, you mm -hmm. know, we just, I was so busy in college that I didn't have time to pursue these other things that I wanted to pursue. But we didn't, like, we didn't have my category. It, yeah. We need it. Uh, do they have it now? Well, I mean, now you have the category of relationship expert. What I'm saying is I uh -huh. never saw myself heading in this arena right so when I was like, the point that you transferred from opera to relationships i wrote a book that came out it published in 2000 and that's traditional publishing as a one-off i had something i wanted to say i yeah. didn't call myself a coach the um the chiron underneath my name in the today show said relationship expert and yeah. the book older women, younger men. Right. I, had, mm -hmm. I had a partner who was 20 some years younger than myself, but Blake, I was yeah. barely 40 when I met him. So he was like 19, mm -hmm. you know, and so all, all hell broke loose in this little tiny rural Northwestern New Jersey community. And his mother had nothing to do, traditional housewife, sat at home all day and just would get on the phone and tell her friends all these stories about me. <laughs> And right. they were so much more interesting than the truth. We just loved each other. We lived mm -hmm. together. It was a kind of a go to the gym, have pizza, go to the movies. I mean, it was a rather uneventful life. 
but the stories of um, me being a witch and a prostitute. Oh and, my gosh. You know, seances and, uh, you know, a detriment to the community. Oh, and, and enormous sexual behavior. They had me sleeping with everyone all the time. Oh and, my gosh. and all the money I'd made in New York, they made it like, you know, either men gave it to me for sexual favors or, uh, you know, I don't know. They, in small communities, it seems that if you want to erode somebody's credibility, what you do is create these fantastical stories about them. And mm -hmm. in a world where there's not much going on, it's so much more enticing to listen to and kind of want to believe because. Yeah, I realized it, mm -hmm. it alleviates the burden from us having to achieve. If we imagine that they did something where they cut the line or they did something unethical to get there. So like, I, so what I used to hear is I'm a good person. We don't do that. So yeah. success to people that don't want to work hard is oftentimes, mm -hmm. negative, you know what I mean? That right. negative. So you got started really by writing about your own personal relationships and learning from, um, sounds like you're the age gap difference between you and, and your first partner. Um, what, what were some of the insights and uh, things that you learned from that, that relationship well, or that age gap? I learned one, I'm not the only one. I went through just torment for seven years. There was a petition to have me removed from the community. Oh because God. I was a detriment. Mm -hmm. They had a hundred signatures. Now, I don't know whether those were a hundred people or people making up names, but I mean, this stuff is intense. It's like a witch hunt. And when it happens to you and you've lived in the city and you've had a big life, it's hard to understand that in some places these things happen. But then I started, when I wrote the book, I didn't write a thing about me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know oh, okay. about my experience, or, nor did I reveal the people mm -hmm. in the community that were mm -hmm. harassing me. Um, there were no laws on the books to protect ageism or character defamation of this nature. I okay. was so early. You're talking 1990, 1995 to, to, to 2000 in a rural community. Mm -hmm. um, what I discovered is I'm not the only one, and people really suffered. Mm -hmm. uh, equally so in other communities. I also learned that in some places, different is bad. Different right. is different. Different is bad. Right. Well, you and stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you're bad if you're different. I also learned that I'm unwilling to give up my choice if I love somebody for your comfort. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> so I could have alleviated this situation and been adored by my community because when I first moved out there, I was in Financial News Network, which is now uh, CNBC. And the, and the Star Ledger had written this whole thing about I moved to this community. It was like it was like a big deal. This New York anchor woman moves to this little community. Right. Right. And <laughs> within a couple of years, I'm the scourge of the community for, the you know, <laughs> a very different reason. And. But it, it, it's so interesting because what one community may value, mm -hmm. and in New York, where you've got the biggest fish in the world and the biggest pond, what you achieve 
is esteemed by your neighbors and your colleagues. I mean, they know the price that it takes for success. Right. Uh I placed myself in this little rural community just to get away from the crime in New York and take a break. Um, What I didn't realize was that everything I'd achieved would be used against me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was rather odd. Um, Because you had the attention and you had the public eye. And so you were an easy target for people to... And that's bad. Working Mm -hmm. hard is bad. Making money is bad. Having a young boyfriend was bad. Right. And the funny thing is, were I a man, I would have had it going on. I was a great golfer. I had a Corvette and a BMW, one of the best homes in the entire development mm-hmm. i mean it was gorgeous three thousand square feet for a single lady that's not too bad yeah congratulations <laughs> and it was my dream home mm-hmm. listen it wasn't greenwich connecticut that's how we got away with it i could, didn't have that kind of money but i've done very very well in new york and you know had i been a guy with the hot young girl and i'm a great golfer and in fit and in uh, shape i would have been like the man but instead i was the whore <laughs> so, you know, or the prostitute and, oh and then i was a lesbian evidently i had i guess my roster was filled i was a witch a prostitute and a lesbian so when you go from being esteemed to suddenly hated it, it's you know i never thought i was so susceptible to public opinion Mm-hmm. But I don't like being hated, especially for something I didn't do that's wrong. You so know? How, do, how do women get over these double standards for, you know, let's like for a guy, he's a, he's a ladies man or he's, yeah. you know, it's almost a compliment. But for women, it's a, you know, it's a put down or it's like how do, how do women over, overcome these double standards? You know, like first you got your head, you got to get over it in your own head and you can self-talk and self-program yourself with positive thinking to eradicate that negative concept. Mm-hmm. Once you come out of your house, you can be dealing with the same thing. So you've got internal pressure and external pressure. Right. The only way to alleviate that over time is to have new generations that are more inclusive, that see things differently. And so I've been able to I think part of the reason that um, I, I have so much press, and especially millennial press and Gen Z press, and mm-hmm. is that perhaps I think more like a younger generation. I'm not so stuck in how things have to be, and and I think I see in a more inclusive manner how how life can be. It's mm-hmm. different, you know. It's what works for you doesn't have to work for your neighbor and that's okay, but that doesn't make what you want bad. Right. In anything. Yeah. You know? So I, I guess another question to lead off that is as we're talking about this new generation where there seems to be less rules and barriers on relationships and even genders is like, how do, how do people navigate that when they're they don't want to be bound by rules it's like there's almost no rules and so it's even yeah. more difficult <laughs> so the pendulum has swung from cookie cutter relationships that are you mentioned before we started recording the mid-century archetype of the stay-at-home mom heterosexual mm-hmm. couple lots of repression people had to live secret lives people committed suicide i mean a horrible horrible criminal 
penalty is for being yourself. Um, now everything's blown apart. That's the good news. Yeah. It's also bad news. So I've been struggling for 20 years to try and create an infrastructure so it's a safe transition because if you blow up a structure, Mm -hmm. You've got to have something safe in place to capture all the remnant people and all the stuff that's just coming down from the heavens in bits and pieces. So mm -hmm. we are today at the opposite end. There are no rules. There is no. There are no manners. There's no protocol. There's bad behavior. There's ghosting and benching and whelming and window shopping and haunting and zombieing and catfishing and kitten fishing and uh, I don't know what. Like hundreds of other things that are going on. Right. Yeah. And, and all these things are happening and people mm -hmm. are in situationships. They are having sex with somebody in what context they have no idea. And my mm -hmm. greatest fear is that to offset this unbelievable internal trauma from merging in the most intimate way possible sexually. You, it is the most intimate act we can do with another human being. And then we want to like, okay, cool. See you later. Yeah, that was fun. All right. It's so casual now. It's just like, uh, yeah. you don't even and have to have a connection. You can just have sex with anyone almost. Yeah, it's like a cup of coffee or bowling or, you know, let's, right. know, let's go take a walk in the park. I mean, it's that. So what happens is this confuses the internal radar as to people have to be even more self-grounded in an environment that's all chaotic. So what people such as myself try to do is we're trying to create sanity and common sense and return civility to human interaction. Just mm -hmm. because we don't know what we're doing and you don't know what you're doing doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing and I need to express myself. So I'm a big fan of straightforward communication especially when nobody knows what's going on <laughs> yeah so does that start with the individual like say we have a person that's single and who's on tinder or on bumble or hinge um just meeting and dating people um but they don't know what they want are they ever going to get in a relationship or are they going to just going to continue the infinite uh dating cycle I guess, how, how do we manage between people who are just having fun and don't want to be in a relationship or the people who want the more traditional relationship? It seems like you have to kind of want that for it to be something that you can't achieve. Um, I guess I don't know what the question is in that. No, you, I, I understand exactly what your question is, and you, and you actually said it pretty well. So you, you've got a couple stages here. Mm -hmm. There are who don't know what they want. They're young and, or they've just come out of a long-term relationship and they just want to explore, touch, taste, feel, eat everything on the buffet table. Mm -hmm. That in a best possible environment would be stated as I'm looking to explore and just have fun. Ended a long-term relationship. If there's ever even room to write anymore. Right. And, I, and I feel all these dating apps really play into that and let people explore that almost too much it's like you can indulge in that yeah more well, and you kind of get lost in that environment you can stay there for years uh this is why clarity 
of the filtration process, clarity. So when you're done doing your initial exploring and you think you know what you want, and again, knowing what we want is relegated upon having experienced what we don't want. So mm -hmm. I, I might not know that I don't like this thing until I try it. Right. Yeah. I might have a sense, but I want to really check it out. Mm -hmm. So self-knowledge is part of the thing that we gain when we're dating. It's not about the heartache. It's not about the he, she did me wrong. They did me wrong. It's about what did I learn and what do I know about myself? So that's step number one that's going to guide you. And then number two, mm -hmm. uh, that's really important is to try and communicate that in every venue where you have an opportunity to. So I, I tell people on an online profile, say, you know, relationship oriented or looking for a relationship. If you want mm -hmm. marriage, say, I want marriage. Don't feel old fashioned. It's boring. Nobody will want me. I'll look desperate. No, no, no. If that's what you want, because I know many women. Yeah. So most of my friends are Gen X. Okay. And, and they are in their late forties early mm -hmm. 50s now, never had a child, wanted, mm -hmm. wanted marriage, but they were the, the generation that came through and like, wow, now we can work. Yay. We're <laughs> free to work. Okay. And then they're working, working, working. They're dating, 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 sex, 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 dating, dating, working, working. Something's kind of working. Then it doesn't. And then guys and guys and guys and men and women and whatever else is happening. And they're with people. And then suddenly one day they realize, Oh my God, I'm 48. I'm in perimenopause. I never had a child. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen because they, they hit the market at a time that everything was in flux. Mm -hmm. and, and because they were the transitional generation, they just kind of went with it and, right. they didn't, and they didn't start to think about where, how they want to play this thing out. They always assumed it was going to happen because historically it had happened for the generations before them they right. didn't know they would get caught in the crossfire where suddenly no you don't have a committed relationship you lived with sam for a year and a half then you discovered he was a narcissist and then you dated ben then you dated julie now you're back with ben but he's still in love with his ex and no now you're single so is it, do these people don't know what they want or as they get older, their priorities change or shift? They, they start to learn very quickly what they do want when they can't get it. Okay. Yeah. Always, you know, the grass like, is always like, greener. <laughs> well, well, when it's passed you by and you realize you can't have it. Like I know a lot of women right now, um, not so much men because men are always in it for the physicality of the, the the dating aspect but um i know a lot of women that have taken a time out they're like i don't think i can mm -hmm. find a man that's agreeable men don't know how to date anymore they don't know how to treat me like a lady they don't even know how to call me back mm -hmm. if it's going to be sex then let's have it just be sex and i think i'm going to be single it's less of a headache and again this is this generation right so millennials kind of got put through the grinder and when they destroyed all of the set markers which is cool we needed to have that done i'm a huge fan of that but again they didn't have an a la carte if i don't have this i want to create this they didn't know what they can create mm -hmm. they let the other person tell them and the other person didn't know so it's like we're all walking through the desert and somebody goes, oh, I, I'm going to go that way. And somebody's like, oh, I'm going to go this way. I don't know. I'm going to stay here. I don't know what I want. I'm going to go. Yeah, right. Nobody knows where they're going. So some, you have to decide on your own. 
whatever generation, you just gotta, you've got to know who you are and what you want and try and state that clearly for any chance of it happening. Right, and so I guess to that, it's they tore down all the roles, but then yeah. you're left with just pieces and parts. And yeah. so what? what is the, what would you say is the true foundation of a good relationship, whether it be between, you know, a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman yeah, and yeah. a woman or um, whatever they want to call it, you know, yeah, yeah. It, but a relationship is a relationship, correct? Is like, correct. what would be the, the good foundation to know that you're in a good relationship? Well, I do kind of a love a la carte. I like to create, if we don't have a design, let's get creative, right? We've got a mm -hmm. very creative generation here, a couple of them. And um, if you want to break rules, make your own for God's sake. I mean, just, so I like agreements. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in a structure, but you need to have an agreement. Mm -hmm. We need to have language and an agreement as to how we participate with each other. What's okay, what isn't okay. Are we monogamous? Are we not? Are we both okay with that? What happens if? There have to be, if you're not going to walk into the cardboard cutout where we know the rules mm -hmm. and we know the rules, then you better start coming to an agreement and learn how to negotiate for what you want. Now, you do it mm -hmm. all day long in business. You just keep forgetting that relationship. Now, you don't have a structure. You've got to yeah. create your own. That's the exciting thing about it. Mm -hmm. It's also frustrating because sometimes you get with people and they're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. They're <laughs> to something they don't want because they know it. And then, mm -hmm. they, but then they don't want to do anything. They don't want to make any decisions. But I have yeah. a lot of friends that have recently gotten married in, in like almost turning 50. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it took them a while. And the, the one thing about going through this for a while, eventually you really do know what you want. You really mm -hmm. do. What are, what are some of these common agreements that are in a great well, relationship? Well, fidelity is one. How do we want to structure this relationship is two. What are we comfortable calling each other? Mm -hmm. How involved with each other's families and uh, circle of friends do we want to be? How do we envision spending time together? Are we looking to date? Are we looking to live together? Are we looking to possibly get married? Uh, if we get married, are we interested in having children, adopting children, no children? What is the unifying factor in this relationship that excites us? What is that third principle? Do you, mm -hmm. do you travel? Are we um, a power couple? Do we support each other's you know, startup careers? I mean, how do we function? Do we enter a business together? How do we, mm -hmm. how do we work together? And wh why are we together? What's the end goal of us being together? Because in the old days, the end goal was marriage and children. That was it. And so what's our end goal today? What if that's not our goal? What if that might be our goal, but right now we have a temporary goal? What's our goal right now? Mm -hmm. So these are conversations that you can't assume that somebody understands what you want. None of us are telepathic. Men especially. <laughs> are not telepathic. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll vouch for that. <laughs> we females think that the moment you love us, you should understand us. That like, we, I, I shouldn't have to tell you that. You should know. Well, no, you don't know, or you wouldn't have done that or not done that. So we need to be extremely clear. 
So mm -hmm. communication is something that I think, you know, I see a lot of people very comfortable to communicate how they're feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling stressed or this is a boundary issue for me or I need space or I'm not comfortable with that. Well, that's good. We know your emotional temperature, but what, mm -hmm. like, what are we doing here? What would you like? Be creative. Yeah. What are, what are some of those ways to enhance communication and to really get on the same page? Use words that we understand. Um, you can't be that vague. So what, I have these three videos. They're, they're really simple. I did them in my kitchen when my refrigerator was running, kind of like recharging. It. I didn't know how to cut the, the hum at the time, but it's, it's so good. I did a number of years ago, step one, step two, and step three. And step one is, what do you want? Give it words. I want a boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. I want a partner. I want a soulmate. I want a live-in lover. I want a plus one. I want a friend with benefits, whatever. Mm -hmm. Find a word that most people would understand. Then you need a qualifying sentence that explains how that is or isn't the generic understanding. For example, a girl told me, um, I want a boyfriend. I want a lover but I want him to be, uh, I only want to see him on the weekends and I want it to be like this and this. And she had these little things that alter how we view what that word boyfriend means. So I said, well, you, you're going to have to explain that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Another girl used the word lover. She said, Susan, I want a lover. I know her. So I said, you know, do you, yeah. uh, do you want a guy that just comes over in the middle of the night or do you want a guy that you can take out in public and introduce him? So of course she wanted the former. Uh, so, well, no, wait, the latter. She, she wanted the last one, that's right. So I think then number two is, why do you want what you want? Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what are you hoping this relationship's gonna get you? Um, what is the end goal in this? Are you, are you wanting a relationship because you want a sense of family, a sense of closeness? a sense of belonging, you want great sex, you want excitement, what, why? Why are you in this thing, mm -hmm. right? Right, yeah. So because I, sometimes if we ask that, we'll look at the person we've chosen and go, doesn't match. Yeah, okay. I was just gonna say, yeah, your what may be a lot different from your why. <laughs> and then the third thing that nobody ever talks about that always trips us up, is how do you want this relationship to look, function, and feel in the real world? How do you, I mean, when I say, let's be in a relationship, okay, you and I, okay, we're gonna be dating. Mm -hmm. You've got your idea of what that means, and I've got my idea. We are using words that we should understand what they mean, but nowadays we don't understand what they mean. Right, so, everyone has a different meaning yeah. to the same word, and so it causes a lot of confusion or frustration right. between couples exactly so maybe in your mind partnership means i see you on the weekends i uh, we get together friday night all the way through sunday night and maybe i take you out once during the week maybe that's what it means to you maybe to your partner it means i need three dates during the week i need text messages throughout the day i need uh all day sunday because sunday is the most important day to me but i mean you know it, it just means different a partnership is just mm -hmm. to see you briefly once right. a week 
So really clarifying these terms that you say and to make sure that they understand not only the word, but the definition behind the word. Um, Yeah. And then how, how this relationship's going to function. Like Mm -hmm. what, you know, because think of how many times somebody gets upset because they're either not invited to someplace or they don't want to go someplace or one partner wants more time to see them than the other wants to give them. These mm-hmm. are the, this is where new relationships that could work oftentimes hit these um, impediments and they just don't go further because people haven't really thought it out. There's, mm-hmm. there's what I want to create, but how I envision it, which just using the word may not be the same for us, mm-hmm. why I'm there, and then how I actually my ideal of how I'd like to be with you and how I'd like to spend time or not, how much, how little, under what, you know, what are the rules? Do I, do I have to go to your third cousin's engagement party? Oh, (laughs) is that going to be a deal breaker for me? Am I going to be shown off? Like, oh, you know, like, do I have to go to sporting events? Do I have to cook for all these hungry guys because it's some kind of a sporting event and they're all going to be in my, they're going to be drunk in my living room and I want to get up in the morning and go to work. I mean, so, so there's a lot to think about nowadays. Right. And to change the topic a little bit, how important is it that you and your partner have the same uh, religious beliefs uh, going into a relationship? If it, if they differ um, from each other, is that going to cause issues down the road or, um, is there ways to make that work? Um, what, what have you seen in your experience? You know, for the most part, the people that love each other find a way to get around these things. They love each other enough that despite differences, they work it out. Like there are a lot of people of the Jewish faith that when they find a female, she's got to convert. And that's more for their family and for their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, uh, th- if so most gals that are gentile that are dating a jewish guy if they want kids this is going to be a family pressure now again Mm -hmm. that's his decision too do you really feel that way do you really need that or are you just caving into your mother and your grandfather and your uncle and everybody else Uh, Mm -hmm. i knew a girl who was dating a guy and um he was an heir to a fortune of a drugstore and food chain Mm-hmm. She was so mad she said he won't marry me because i won't give up my religion i said oh i'm so sorry would you <laughs> be willing to give up billions for him oh let's just be honest because i right. know how much you love money okay yeah. <laughs> would you give up your money for him because the grandfather would disinherit him if he didn't bring back a jewish girl or or if one person is muslim and wants you to convert to something that is oppressive to you that's a deal breaker because now this in this way if if the lifestyle that they demand you enter mm-hmm. is is opposing your sense of freedom and who you can be it's not a minor adjustment like it's a, a fundamental adjustment as to how you live your life mm-hmm. if you have to be covered up and you're not that kind of girl you you got to rethink that relationship right but both people have to come to the table and figure out how how severe are these differences and what is the price that we are willing to pay in our personal freedom 
because you've got couples that have different differing opinions politically nowadays mm-hmm. that's become equally hot topic right yeah yeah i was gonna bring that up as well <clears throat> whether you're a democrat or a trump supporter or it's almost you're you're villainizing the other side and you're you won't even be associated with them and so it's uh yeah it's a very similar conversation um so very few people are so passionate about what they think and believe that it can override their love for somebody normally uh we can find all sorts of exceptions for the person we love you know mm-hmm. we would never tolerate in other people but we will tolerate in them and um mostly m- most of the couples i know have a similar political outlook because that is part of the similar values that they share and that they're spiritual or religious or we're not religious at all and couldn't care less that that is more mm-hmm. similar um remember couples tend to be uh merging into one as time moves on so we have to really carefully assess what is important to us and what isn't and mm-hmm. how how much of a deal breaker that is again if the if if one person is fundamentally very very like i have a friend who is you're not going to believe this a scientist uh-huh devout roman catholic devout oh wow devout and says i see i got no problem mm-hmm. different language same idea i'm like okay but you know her her husband goes to church with her goes to mass right so yeah um she would have to be a person like this would have to be with somebody who allows her her belief mm-hmm. and doesn't get in the way of that and if they participate that's better but if they don't that's okay so i think fundamentally it's more about how does this relationship impact our ability to express and be ourselves within the relationship are we stifled every time we say i love trump and i'm making this a better we're going to make it a better world um are they are they stifled every time they talk about some spiritual principle that their mates going to put them down and tell them they're stupid and there's no mm-hmm. such thing see so right. that's what becomes a deal breaker yeah so you talked about as time goes on couples merge into one could you go into a little more detail on what you mean by merging we from repeated exposure to living with the same person you've learned each other's habits i mean my dog knows the routine when we get up in the morning i don't have to tell her because she doesn't understand english but she learns it through repetition mm-hmm. and it's true with our partners we learn their hot buttons we start to merge into a how do i explain this we start to have dominant sides of our personality emerge to interact with our mate so that creates kind of a model of who mm-hmm. we are to each other we might be persuaded over a period of time to be more open to a concept that we might not have accepted in the past through continual exposure to our mates mm-hmm. if i have a partner that loves country western music and i don't I mean loves it. I hear it blah blah blah. Eventually through exposure I might grow to like some of it. 
Okay. Right. So you do, you, you find your middle ground and, right. and couples always do. And I've heard a lot about like, once you're single, you think a lot about yourself. And then once you're in a relationship, it's, you start thinking about the other person and the relationship. So you actually start giving up um, some of yourself or some of your time to what's going to grow the relationship or the family. And so that becomes the, the new priority is how to better the family than it is to how to better myself. It's you're putting the family or the other person above yourself. And so that might not be another way to say it's merged because now you're, you're no longer a single, you're now a, a family or a unit or something like that. Well, that's a good point. Your goals shift and your role can shift in partnership. Um, when, when you have others to think about, it's part of the package and you'll feel a different responsibility. I think there have been a lot of uh, fairly selfish, self-oriented people that have suddenly found themselves with a child, expected mm -hmm. or unexpected, and sobered up right away. And I don't mean like they're drunk, but I mean, it was like, oh my God, I'm right. going to be a parent. I got to get this together. I got it, you know, because now you realize you've taken on the responsibility for something else and it's, and it's crucial that you do it properly. And this isn't like you just, how do I explain it? It, it isn't like you give up yourself, but yeah, I told you somebody's ringing the doorbell. There's nothing I can do about that. I don't know what's going on. This is, this is what happens when you live out here in, in a place like this. Um, so what happens is that you'll start thinking about Do you need to get it? Do you need to get the door? I don't know. If they go away, I won't. If they do it again, then they can just whatever. Okay. Um, I've got a contract sitting out there for a roofer. So these flat houses that I have, so I have a home here in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. I live in New York City and they have the flat roofs and it's really right. pretty. It's got the Vega beams and all that. And it's the territorial style. Mm -hmm. Nightmare to, oh my God, they're so expensive to up because the rain just sits there. And you can get leaks. Uh, oh my God, it's so expensive. So I've got a contract waiting for a roofer. It's about $1,000 every year for maintenance uh -huh. or whatever. Oh, it's just so, and if you let it go, anyway. Um, <laughs> so let's say, okay, so about. Um, yeah, you're saying you, yeah, you don't have to give up yourself and your priority well, shift. Sometimes it is in your own best interest. So um, I've had long term live in relationships. Now, for example, if I'm having a great day, my partner comes home depressed, sad, something's happened to his brother. Oh my God. And then we have to be sad all night. That messes up my day. I was really happy. Right. Now we can't be happy. I can't jostle you out of it. You're in a mood. Your energy has affected my entire life. So what happens in some ways is that we start to manage the world around us by being aware of how to keep our partner happy, calm, mm -hmm. even healed, so that we can be happy. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? You start doing relationship management skills, like, okay, this is going to irritate him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that the food is ready, whatever. And I don't mean to live in fear and that somebody's narcissistic, but there's certain things that you learn about your mate Okay, I know she's going to be 15 minutes late, so I'm going to tell her that we're due at 6.30 because right. I know we're really due at 7. This way I'm not going to stress 
I'm going to be, okay, baby, I understand. It's okay. Yeah, you look great. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you, so you learn to manage your mate so you can have a better experience. Right. I've always heard happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> True. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I guess as you're getting into relationship, and I mean, if we're still talking about the dating, it's like, how do you know which one's the right one? Or if you have a fear of settling or fear of commitment, how do you um, really commit and to know that you're in the right relationship? You're always going to have fears, even people that walk down the aisle. There are some people who walk down the aisle and they're not nervous. Mm-hmm. But, but that's really rare. So even your friends that know they're with the right person, uh, making a commitment is a scary thing. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to want to be there. It's another thing to acknowledge to everybody you're going to be there. Um, partner selection, we learn what good is over time. Sometimes we're lucky and we just get the right one right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Most people I know start to learn what is correct from having a little experience in what they don't want. I'm, I have a client in China. These people have v- VPNs, right? Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you can't believe it. Anyway, um, the first partners that she had were so abusive that when she's experiencing engulfment, control, manipulation, emotional manipulation, and a rushed pace from the current boyfriend, and histrionics, she thinks this is good. And I say, good for you. Nobody's coming after you with a knife. This is improvement. However, <laughs> this is another level. So I can tell you a story that a gal told me in the laundry room of my apartment. Um, so I was always asking questions long before I was in this profession. I love asking because one person speaks for thousands. I know that. I, I don't have time to interview the world and so I've always asked and so this gal somehow it came up we're folding our laundry and something about she's getting engaged I don't know why I just asked her Blake so like how did how did you know and she said it was so easy it was so easy Mm, I think of how hard I worked to make other relationships work and twisting and contorting and bending myself. And this one was just oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. So then, and you want to be there. Not easy and you couldn't care less, but easy and you like being there. Right, easy and everything's going right and growing yeah. and enhancing yeah. and it's yeah. just like everything's just natural and flowing. Right. This is what we're looking for. People talk about the connection, the connection. So that's the buzzword from all the clients that hear. Oh, but, oh, but God, the connection. Oh, the connection. Oh my God, the connection. So when did you last talk to him? Well, it was 2017, but you know, he's been busy. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we can create a connection with most anyone, but sustained connection, this sense of ease. Mm -hmm. Another sign that's really good is conflict resolution. When you come to a bump in the road, are you free to express yourself? Are you free to express your concerns? Is your partner free? Um, Is it worked out 
in a way that feels equitable? Do you feel that you're always compromising to keep peace? I had done that in most of my life. That was the model I grew up with in my home, mm-hmm. watching, watching my family dynamics. You just keep giving up parts of yourself to appease the other person to keep right functional and a and pleaser, a people pleaser or yeah, just because you've got some you've got one partner that's completely out of control with their own life so the other partner tends to try and manage it mm-hmm. and that's a full-time job and as i was explaining to this to this gal i said you know right now you're calling it love because he's so much nicer to you but needing you is not love controlling you is not love uh, engulfing you, uh, being there every night is pissing on the bush so nobody else can get near you. That's monitoring you. That's not that they love you. And I, I sincerely worry that no matter what you give this person, it's never enough. So we were watching the markers and I would call it out each step of the way. Now that he has gotten you into a relationship which he pushed you to be in, is that enough? We're going to find out because I have my suspicions that it's never enough. And then don't you know, then we got the next then the next, then the next. And I said, mm-hmm. so I hope for the best, but I see what it is. But this is how we learn. Eventually, you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, I can't keep working at this. I just right. can't. It's too <laughs> much work to make it work. Mm-hmm. So uh, you were talking about love there for a, a little bit and how that wasn't love. Um, so what, what is love? How do you know you're in love or is, how would you explain it when you see a couple that's in love compared to a couple that may just be attracted to each other or a couple that's lusting after each other? Right? How is love different from those other things? Love happens over time and a lot of storms and a lot of challenges. It's love is (laughs) basically the fact that every time you could have walked away, you chose not to. You had the ability. It's not like you're trapped and you're terrified to leave. It's very different. You could have just said, this is enough. And Mm -hmm. you go back in one more time. What it means is we come to a separation, but we find each other, like our hands break apart but then we find each other's hand in the crowd or in the desert where we can't Mm -hmm. see each other. And we decide to hold hands and continue the journey a little bit longer. And then hands break apart again, but we have the desire and willingness to go back. And this love is something that you see over time. And one of the hallmarks of love is consistency. Your partner You will hurt your partner and your partner will hurt you. Sometimes they are grave wounds and things that are very hard to get over. But love is the willingness to stay at it and not from an obsessive, insecure, sick, I need you, I'm desperate mentality, but from an active choice that out of everyone in the world, I choose you because overall, There's more positive going on here than negative, and you're my favorite person in the world. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, So a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, But what do what do you think 
as religions um, declining in today's world, what do you think is the purpose of marriage? Is is there is that declining too? Is there a reason why people get married? Non-religious reasons. Um, just what are your thoughts on on marriage? So this one's tricky for me. Um, philosophically, I think that the idea of making a public proclamation keeps you accountable. Mm -hmm. And this grand accountability, I'm fine if the ceremony is spiritual in nature, if it's with your friends. I really get irritated when the government and all the rulings and the laws get involved, but I understand that that was because we are looking for a safe haven for a family. We don't want a deadbeat dad. We don't want a mother that abandons her kids. We want, uh, we want to tie you down with responsibilities. Um, I never wanted marriage because I didn't want children. And I also didn't want to beg a partner mm -hmm. to let me leave them. And I didn't want to pay numerous entities to get out. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be there because I wanted to be there. Now, this was not something I could easily say in my time period. So understand that all of you who love marriage, if that, I'm not against the concept. There are people that want to be married. They want that position. My fear is that there are many people older in life. If you're starting a family, just do the traditional. I mean, be safe, play safe, right? Just mm -hmm. do do the right thing. Give it a structure, you know, do it, do it. It's, it's perfect. Okay. But if you are older and you've been divorced, why are you marrying again? You're in your fifties. What? I mean, you want to upset your kids because they don't know if the new wife that's 20 years younger is going to get all their money. I mean, why are you doing this? Now I know older women who have been married numerous times and they'll say, Oh, I can't, they don't want to be degraded, like downgraded with the word mm -hmm. girlfriend when they've had the title wife. Well, that's just ego. Get over it. You know, what is the love any less because he's your boyfriend or your partner? We can find better words for this. But in an entanglement like that, I don't see any reason for senior or mature people that have already had their kids to go and do it again unless you are like, this is the one, the other was my practice round. Mm -hmm. I want to be with this person the rest of my life and I want the whole world to know it. But I think there are pluses and minuses financially, emotionally, and psychologically to being married as opposed to living together. Mm -hmm. but this is again where the couple and the individual has to decide, why do I want it? What do I want it for? What am I hoping it will achieve? Mm -hmm. I had worked with a client a while back. I work with men and women, okay? But this happens to be a female. She had everything she wanted in a guy. He'd been burnt in divorce, lost his fortune, just was recovering from the rubble and getting oh his God. money back. And she demanded that they be married. Now, here's the other thing. She was disabled. So she was already a burden to him that he was fulfilling. It's not like um, she was going to get anything more mm -hmm. and she loved him, but she had severe. It's not like she had a selection is what I'm saying. <laughs> like she had this great guy. I wanted to say, 
you don't have a replacement. It's like you've got this unique problem and you want to get rid of this guy just because you want to be married. She goes, no, that's what I want. And I said, is it spiritual? She said, no. I mean, is it like against your religion? I don't get it. What? What, you've got this guy and you're going to boot him to the curb because he doesn't want to marry you because she goes, I want a real relationship. And I'm like, okay, I, and I can't, you know, this, I have to serve my client. This is her idea of a real relationship is only marriage. Right. And I, what do you, and what do, you do in that situation? It's like, you tell her to, you know, keep I, her tie tie and then, you'll get what you want or you say you got a great guy right in front of you. And I told her my opinion. Mm -hmm. I said, my opinion is you have a wonderful guy who loves you and supports you. And for reasons that are valid, he's really been burnt by marriage, but he is fulfilling every aspect of marriage in his responsibility toward you emotionally, sexually, financially being there as your partner, You've got everything you would get with the exception of the title. Your construct as to you only think that word is valid. That construct is the, you're getting everything. I I don't know what to say. It's like, it's like you take a Tesla, you love the name Tesla, right? You have the same car and you call it woo woo. (laughs) Now I don't want a woo woo. I want a Tesla because you want what Tesla means. But woo woo is the same thing. Same car, same car. They just put another name on the back mm-hmm. side of, and you don't want that yeah so yeah. I, I what can i do right so I, I guess do? this this leads i mean this might be the final question but as how do you know when when your model is not being met for a partner and then it's even though they may be the right a great person and but how do you know it's time to leave or things aren't changing like when to break up or into marriage this is tricky this is a big one when when to stay versus when to go right right Mm -hmm. this is huge if you if you boil down the number one reason people call any coach like myself they've got one dominant question should i stay or should i leave is this thing worth it is there hope i have feelings for someone that are not reciprocated in the way I want. Can you help me make it better or do I have to leave? And if I have to leave, can you help me do that? Um, So this is always the question. So this is a very, this is a bit of gambling. Mm -hmm. It has to do with your uh, tolerance for risk, given your current state of affairs. For example, I might gamble 60 75 percent and throw the dice back on the table because i i'm pretty sure i can get 80 or 85. i might trade out a relationship because i feel at that moment in time that i have the ability to do better right so you're saying your relationship might be a five or six out of ten but you you want to go out and see if you can get that eight nine ten perfect relationship well there's there's what do you want and what are you capable of getting in the real world? And that, that, that this is an important disclaimer because I've done a number of videos on why people settle. I'm not against settling when you have limited options. There are people that, Blake, they're not going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. They have physical, mental, emotional, psychological, they've got baggage, they've got stuff. 
that for whatever reason, they're not the top of the I want this list. They just aren't. And if you find somebody suitable, that may be one of your few opportunities. And if they're good to you, quit quit wanting, you know, uh, the the 10 Hawaiian Tropic girl or the, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you're really lucky, she's a six and she loves you. Six may be your max. You got to get real about that. Right. But so, you know, I've had people in my life that have, that are friends that have looked and been on the market and they, they wanted something they could not achieve. They just didn't have the chips physically, emotionally, whatever. They didn't have the chips and they got something. Was it the best? No, but you know what? It was suitable and it was available. I'm never saying settle. That's mm-hmm. one story as to why people take what they can get. They get the best of what they can get. Now, the second part of this question is, we've got options. I'm in a relationship. It's not bad, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Can I do better? Now, the question becomes, I believe we have an internal accountant that's got the most perfect balancing system at all times. I, this is my terminology for it. It's like an internal computer. Right. When things start to rack up that your time is less and less enjoyable, that stuff is going into your computer. You might be a little afraid to pull the trigger, but it's adding up. And the negatives are starting to go down and get more heavy than the positives. There's always a tipping point that makes it easier. Or life throws somebody in your way at a conference you went to and you lock eyes with somebody and you're like, oh my God, this is the person. I'm really getting rid of Sheila. I never left. <laughs> I've been there for two years. I mean, I, I, I knew I wanted out. You know, so sometimes life intercedes and we get a break. But um, knowing when to fold and hold is a tricky question. It involves not just do we want more, it involves can we get more? And where are we at today and what's a smart choice? Women will oftentimes suck it up for the kids. Mm-hmm. Got a friend with her husband, 30 years, how she managed. And he loves her. I know that. But he's impossible. <laughs> I get angina just walking in the house because he's going to start poking at me. And he's a, love, he's a loving, devoted father and a but he just, he has a way of playing like Howard Stern where he just wants to poke and poke and poke and poke till he finds that spot and then he wants to poke and poke. There's no rest. There's like, oh my God, I'm going to war. I just wanted a cup of tea. Now I'm going to war. So Mm -hmm. this woman survived this for all these years for her sons. That's it. Now she's out. Yeah, that's a difficult situation for sure. So circumstance Mm -hmm. determines a lot of when we hold and when we fold. Yeah, well, I I mean, that's a great place to end. I think thank you for all your time and your authenticity and candidness uh, that I, I got a lot out of it. And so I know everyone who's listening will too. Um, if people want to know more about you or um, get your services, if they have a relationship and need help, uh, where, where can they find you at online? All, yeah, all my information's at susanwinter.net. Uh, I've got a big YouTube channel that's doing pretty well, and I've only been recording since really 2016, so it's doing very, very well. So that's Susan Winter. And if you put Susan Winter into the, 
Google search, I should be the first thing that pops up. I've got tons and tons of content. I work by the minute, by the hour, or by the day. So I give everybody options on if they need consultation, but I promise you, I've probably already written the article or done the interview that's got your answer. So you can get it for free as well. Awesome. Thanks, Susan. Thank you so much, Blake. Great show. Thank you.